0: Welcome to the Life in the Red podcast presented by the Lincoln Journal-Star, your source for Husker news, analysis, and more. From football in the fall to recruiting in the summer, we've got you covered. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Bassinet, Parker Gabriel, and Stephen M. Sippel.
1: Three. 2 1 Welcome in. Life in the Red podcast. I'm Chris, there's Steve, there's Parker. It is 3:17 p.m. on uh Wednesday, September 8th, 2021 year of our lord. Here in Lincoln, Nebraska, we got Buffalo coming to town on Saturday. We're going to talk some football, we're going to talk a little hoops. The schedule came out today. Another a step up in competition, certainly, for Nebraska this week, moving from the FCS to the, to the MAC, uh, the Bulls from the MAC. So let's just get right into it, right? Like, uh, and we, we just talked about this before we, before we got started. This game's interesting, and it's, it's interesting for a lot of reasons that we'll get into, but uh, this is something you said, Parker, is, is why, why is every game you know, interesting right now for Nebraska football?
2: Yeah. Well, it's something that simple said a couple of weeks ago, actually, I don't know if it was on the radio or on a podcast, or I was talking to him in real life or I don't remember exactly what the context was, but simple said, it feels this way sometimes during referendum seasons. And that is just, I mean, it is a referendum season to some extent. Um, and the fact that I think the, the fact that Nebraska lost that first game to Illinois, it just heightens the pressure on each subsequent game to some degree. And, part of it's about trying to get to six wins and being bowl eligible, but, but largely it's just about tangible signs of, of, of progress. And so, you know, you, you learn a little bit about a game, you know, from a game like Fordham, and then you want to learn a little bit more maybe quite a bit more um, in a game like this one against Buffalo uh, and then understand that it's going to get, it's going to get tougher from there. So I think it's really just about, you know it's interesting this week because you don't know i mean it's it's a it's an interesting thing to say but i, I think a lot of people feel it's feel this, this week is like you don't quite know how to expect Nebraska to compare with Buffalo, right? Simple? Like you don't just look at it as across the board. Nebraska will just be superior across the board. So, maybe depth wise and, and, and overall, you know, roster wise, but I just find it to be sort of not exactly a measuring stick game, but I'll just be very curious what it looks like, um, you know, on Saturday between the two teams.
0: Oh yeah. I don't even know where to start with the conversation. I mean, it feels almost like a, a do over game for Nebraska to me. I think Buffalo poses some of the, similar challenges that illinois did probably a team that's fairly commensurate in talent to illinois i'm i'm i guess one thing i'm interested in is to judge whether nebraska has a lot more talent than buffalo you know i watched illinois play utsa so think about it utsa beats illinois at illinois in a night game and gets close to 500 yards UTSA is an upper-level conference USA team, picked third in the division. But some people say they're good enough to win conference USA. Buffalo considered an upper-level MAC team, you know. Um, so probably similar. I mean, in some ways, I wonder if Nebraska is basically an upper-level conference USA or MAC team, you know, if that's if that's what we're looking at right now. You know, a mid-level Big Ten team or a mid to lower level, big 10 team. Now here's the thing. Nebraska can prove otherwise. And that's kind of what I'm, if you're a Nebraska fan, that's what you're hoping to see. Right. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. Yeah. All right, Baz. What do you think? Yeah. You, I think you hit it. Perfect. Like I, I think, I feel like Buffalo and, and Illinois probably have commensurate talent. Like I feel like they're similar. Maybe I'm way off base with that, but Feels like they're similar from a talent standpoint, so it is a, it is a look like like how different is going to look Saturday compared to two weeks ago, uh, how different is going to look Saturday compared to last week, which who knows, but yeah, like this, it's it is kind of a statement game, and it, it could be a statement game for a lot of reasons. If Nebraska wins by two or three scores and looks good, you go okay, maybe there's some progress being made there. That, maybe that doesn't change your opinion on what's going to happen at mm-hmm. Oklahoma in a couple weeks, but. Maybe it gives you a little different, you know, outlook going forward after that game. Once you get into conference play, Nebraska wins a close game, uh, loses Saturday. Then what? The, then then the uh, the the resignation of failure probably sets in a little bit when you start looking at looking at what's ahead. You're one and two. Where yep. most people thought you'd be two and one at worst, you know, yep. and and maybe even three and zero. Oh. So it's, it's a big statement game in that way. And I I think that's kind of what's interesting to me about it. Cause like simple said, I think Buffalo and Illinois probably similar from a talent standpoint, what has Nebraska done to improve in the two weeks in Illinois?
2: Yeah. It's an interesting conversation about Buffalo and talent and simple. I know you and and Sam talked about this on the showdown this week, uh, which I was just listening to before this podcast. I I'm curious. There's a, that group that we sort of talked about with uh, Nebraska, Illinois, UTSA, that picture, you know, Nebraska was favored by the time it closed. They were favored over Illinois by six points or something like that. Illinois was favored by five over UTSA. Um, this is a this is a line that's gone from 11.5 to 13.5 in, in, in terms yeah. of what Nebraska's favored by this week. I thought, look, Buffalo, <clears throat> take nothing away from them. They played in the conference championship game last year. They lost a lot of talent off the team, plus the coaching staff. Um, Maurice Linguist. I mean, they looked. They obviously were ready to play uh, last week. They beat Wagner sixty-nine to seven. First of all, I mean, Wagner was a lot worse than Fordham was, um, just by just by sort of eyeball test. I didn't. I wasn't blown away by Buffalo, and and coming from a guy that covers Nebraska, it's not like I'm, I'm not disparaging the imagination. I just, I thought speed wise, they're, they're ordinary. I'm interested to see what Nebraska does offensively, uh, what they can do offensively because Buffalo is well coached. They clearly understand what they're doing. I didn't, and, and, and there's going to be stout up front. I don't think there's any doubt about that, but I'm not sure. If Nebraska doesn't have the athletes and the ability offensively, to create some big plays and, and create some offensive production against Buffalo, they're really in trouble. And it's, it's probably not – you're probably not going too far on a limb saying that. But it just looks to me like a defense that overall, you know, speed and talent-wise, Nebraska's got to be able to take advantage of, of that, and they've got to be able to put, you know, a pretty big number on the board and move the ball. Because if they can't do it against Buffalo, I don't know how they're going to do it against Michigan State and Minnesota and Michigan going forward.
0: Yeah, it's this, game's kinda, this
1: game kind of this game kind of reeks reeks to me of Nebraska putting up like 600 yards of offense but scoring like 27 points. Be, it like sounds that sounds about right. You know, like and still you know winning the game, but and you pile up all these yards, but you have a couple screw ups. You know, you throw a, a pick six or you have a you have a special teams mistake, or you just have a bunch of turnovers or whatever. Um, and you don't you don't turn that offensive production into into mm-hmm. a blowout. So it, it, it kind of. Ch- so go ahead, yeah. Parker. Yeah, it's a chance to
2: t- – exactly like you said, Bass. it's a chance to take what you showed you can do against inferior competition with Fordham and, and have your point total match your offensive production, which Nebraska – this isn't just an <laughs> Illinois conversation. I mean, Nebraska hasn't done that consistently enough the last three years really, you know, at all. And so it's a – you know, Frost said that they did that deep statistical analysis this offseason, and they were – second in rushing in the big 10 and up there in efficiency, like yardage wise per play. Um, But they were like 12th in scoring. And so it's one of those, it's one of the, it's just another week before you, you roll into the big guys um, to show that you've put some of that behind you, you know, that when you get in the red zone, you're going to score points. They did that against, against Fordham. They didn't do that against Illinois. It's another week to show, that you're not going to march 60 yards and have it stall out because of a holding penalty or offensive pass interference or something like that. They didn't do that against Illinois. They, they did against Fordham. And so, you know, the talent ramps up by a notch that you're playing against. You got to show that those things that you cleaned up a little bit against Fordham are portable to Buffalo, sort of like crawling. And then we'll see if they can run after that, but you got to prove you can do the first one before you get to the second one. Yeah. It's hard to know what to expect. It's hard. To, I think it's a hard game to pick. I
0: mean, I picked Nebraska to win, but by four, uh, I don't know. I just don't, I still don't have a really good feel for Nebraska. I thought I did going in and now I just don't just don't. A lot of it's tight because I don't know what the offensive line's about right now. It's hard to tell mixed bag so far. Um, they weren't very good against Illinois at all. in either the run game or the pass protection, Seem like they found their footing against Fordham, but what exactly does that mean? I thought the defensive line would look a little better. Some of it's style of play, opponent style of play that maybe you can't really tell, but Hey, I'll tell you one thing. We'll know a lot more
1: about Nebraska's defensive line Saturday. I mean, Buffalo will test.
0: Buffalo, Buffalo will test, test you. Yeah. Buffalo will
1: test you. They'll run it. They got a, they got a good running back. They got a veteran quarterback who who's not going to be afraid to, to throw it around. It sounds like they're going to be a little bit more balanced than they were under Lance Leipold. Um, they'll want to try and throw it a little more. So yeah, yeah if it, 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 that's going to be, you're you're right, Sib. It's it's going to be a good test for Nebraska. And um, like you said, I, I just I don't know what to make of this team. I don't know. Don't I didn't take anything out of out of last week. I don't know how you could. And you know, and it's. <laughs> I think this brings us to a maybe a good spot to do our our hot topic for the week. Okay. I'm going to step right into it. Um, Nebraska gets into third and five on Saturday, third and medium, whatever you want to call it, big situation. What's Nebraska doing on offense? Who are they going to? What's the call? You guys go first. Lead it go? off, Baz. Lead it off, Baz. Yes. Well, the ball's going to be in Adrian's hands. Uh, I don't think there's any question about that. Um, it's just a matter of, are you going to, is it going to be a quick hitter to the tight end? Is it going to be a, a, a a, keep, a, a quarterback draw, you know, do you, do you trust him to throw it down the field a little further and get it past the sticks? You know, a couple times this year, we've seen, seen him try to go to the tight end in the flat and let the tight end make a play. I, again, this goes back to lack of real identity. We don't really know what they're going to do in that situation. Bass, that call the play Pass, Call it. I just got to delay a game. Um, They're, they're throwing, yeah, call it. They're throwing the quick hitter to Austin Allen is what they're doing. They're going hey, to, it's going to be a know. pass. They're going to throw it to Austin Allen. All right. Yeah. I need you in the headset to be decisive.
2: <laughs> yeah. So why not the OC Adrian just jumped. Adrian just jumped you for not being ready to go. He on jumped on yep. I think I, I, I've, I went back and forth on this. Um, there's, there is part of me that thinks that, you know, they had a fourth and five, they went for it out, out, out of red zone and they got Samari Ari on a crosser. I think that'd be a possibility. You'd like to be able to think they can run it and simple. I think that, One of the most interesting things we've seen over the first two games is a little bit of that, the triple option. Look, they've dressed it up. They've done some different things, but the bottom line is they're basically at times through the first two games, they've basically run veer out of the pistol, you know, with a, with the option to give it on the, on what is essentially inside zone. um, And then getting Martinez and mostly Samari Ture on the edge. And I don't know. I mean, it's, You'd like to be able to line up and run inside zone and say, we can get five yards doing this. But at this five? I I sort of think, yeah, we think you want, should that be impossible that you're running, that you can get five? When's
0: the last time they did that
2: though? I don't know. Not not probably since 1999. (laughs) I think, I think that, I think that at this point that, that, that option look probably gives you as good of a chance of getting five yards as anything, because if you're light in the box, you can hand it off. And then after that, you're talking about Adrian Martinez, who's clearly your best playmaker on offense, um, and and another guy trying to get to the edge and 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 making something happen in space.
0: Okay, well I'm I'm just going in with. I'm, I hate to do this, but when you asked the question, my thought flashed exactly to what Baz said. I'm trying to hit the big tight end in the flat. I'm trying to – that's what I always think when they're in that situation, third and four, third and five. Get it to Austin out. Just have him get a get a defender on his hip, cut one way, and get it to him. It doesn't have to be that hard. That's it. That's the answer. It shouldn't be that it's, hard.
1: It shouldn't be, and that's that's what makes it interesting because, like you said, Sip, they have been able to just line it up on – Whatever in five and say, well, yeah, we're going to get five yards, and it doesn't matter. No, they if never do. Or Fordham or, or whoever, and we're sitting here talking about. Oh, they'll probably throw it to the tight end. They may try and get out on the edge and let somebody make a play. Like they just can't line up and beat somebody. So, yeah, it's that's what makes that question so interesting. I think is that.
2: They,
1: we, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry, sorry, that jump jumped you.
2: No, go ahead. They, they started to get Austin Allen involved um, this week too. I mean, against Fordham, four catches for sixty-one. 45 of which came after contact, um, you know, he, he's got the ability to drag a guy um, and he can do a bunch of different things. Like you say, you can get him in the flat. You'd like him. If you can find a soft spot in the zone, just turn, he did that, you know, once yeah. or twice, turn around and get the ball to him. So yeah. Allen and Ture, I mean, that's kind of your, Adrian clearly trusts Samari Ture on third downs and in, and in gotta have it situations. So I don't think you can discount that at all. Um, you know, and if you can protect, if you can protect and let some Turei work in the middle of the field, that gives you an option. But it does feel like at this point you, you've got to have a situation where you're either getting the ball out of Adrian's hands really fast or you're sort of designing that you're going to get them out on the perimeter and let him make a play because they're just not – they're not winning consistently enough in the middle of the field quickly enough to be able to say we're going to line it up and run it at him. Or, you know, they ran a staple concept against Illinois – crossers and then the mid guy turns around and looks for the ball on the first third down of the game and flushed out and threw it away because they covered it up initially and there was pressure. So the reason I, I, I didn't,
0: I mean, I don't think they're going to, the reason I don't think they're going to run it is they're going empty on third and two. I, mean, I, I, I don't, so on third and five, I don't see them lining up and saying, okay, we're going to run our big running back at you because I haven't seen that in years.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally, I, I agree with you. I think you'd like to be able to do that. Yeah. Oh point. yeah. They, they haven't, um, I, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but I've, I've I'm pretty confident that in 166 snaps offensively or whatever they've had this year, I'm not sure they've run that quarterback draw one time so far ah, the good point. The straight yeah. up. I mean, they ran that all the time on third down the past two years. And I don't think they've run one yet. Now, why? They're probably, they'll break that one back out as soon as it becomes a, a tendency breaker or whatever. But yeah, I don't think they've, I don't think they've run that designed Martinez no. draw one time. No,
0: because we've called for it a couple of times. Here it yeah. comes. Here comes Here's the comes. QB
2: draw. Empty yeah. on third and two. That's like what the defense is probably like, okay, that, that guy. But yeah. it hasn't been so far. Well, what did, a- it goes back to what
1: Brett Bielema said, right? Like the only guy we're worried about beating us is number two. So when you go empty, of course, they're looking at number two and him taking off. So, yeah, that's, that's probably a big part of that. All right. Any other football that talk we need good. to get to about the bowls here? Uh, oh, we need to do some predictions. Yeah. Yeah. Predictions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll go first. Go um, Nebraska wins. I think it's 31-17, but it's not a pretty 31-17. Like I think they score a late touchdown. I think they pile up a ton of yards but I just don't think they get the production out of it. I think it's that classic Nebraska game where it's 600-plus yards, but they just don't have the production. I think Buffalo hangs around in the fourth quarter, and Nebraska wins by two scores, and it's two scores late.
2: I I, I, I sort of – there's part of me that wonders if they have an offensive breakout in them. I mean, this would be the week for it because it's going to get tougher from here. Um, But it's really hard to – just say that like to put that on on paper at this point to trust that. Yeah, they're going to go out there and click on all cylinders and score a bunch of points. So I I don't know. I, I think they I'll, I think they win um, and I think Buffalo covers so why don't I say
0: 31 24.
2: Oh, wow. One score. One score. Oh Wow.
0: 31, I say thirty-one twenty-seven. There you go. So we're pretty close. we like 31. I mean, I, yeah, I wish, yeah, I wish I, I'm not that confident Nebraska scoring 31. That's my only thing. So,
1: yeah, I don't know. I think it's going to be a tense game. That's what I think. Yeah. I'm not real confident in them scoring 31. Like I said, I think they get one late, like like Buffalo's trying to make a play and they maybe break a big one and, and score just to kind of salt it away. I don't I don't think Nebraska's getting to 31 easily by by any stretch of the imagination. So all right. Should we do a little hoops talk and get out of here? Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Hey, what, what was the schedule about? Uh they, well, the Big Ten, the conference Nebraska plays in, released its conference schedule. Uh, today sip um i did four takes on it for our website Journal yep. scalding Oscar hot slash oscars they're scalding hot takes uh just it's pretty it's pretty loaded i mean look it's big 10 they're all they're all tough so you know it, it's it's not like you say well this part's easy this part isn't whatever but front end of it's pretty challenging they go to indiana Michigan at home in those in those first two, those early big 10 games, first week of December. And those come the same week that you're playing at NC State, you're playing Auburn in Atlanta. You know, that 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 four-game stretch is pretty tough. You look at January. Okay. you got nine games that month. Eight of them were against teams that made the NCAA tournament last year, and the other one's against Indiana, who was on the ball. So you play Ohio State twice, you play Rutgers twice. You know, you go two, you go, you're at Purdue, which is probably the toughest road environment in the league. You're at Michigan State, which is probably the second toughest road environment in in the league. And it's just – it's brutally hard. Uh, That feels like punishment. It's punishment, yeah. But – and then you look at it, and you go, well, wait a minute. Now, did they also have a chance to make a statement? Because you go January 17th through February 18th, a one-month stretch, play six or nine games at home, too. And if you're serious about – you're serious about taking a step forward, if you're serious about moving out out of the basement in the league, take care of business at home you know go win win five of those games win all six or whatever it ends up so and then you look at the non-conference and they might get to seven wins before christmas which look at the last two years they've won seven games all year so there's yeah uh, you look at it and then i think at first blush you go whoa that's tough but that's every year in the big team like it's just hard in the big ten it's a grind but there's also some opportunities there i think for Nebraska. To get off to a good start, you get Crate at home, replacing its whole lineup. You get a bad at K-State team. At home. You, you get your your cream puffs in there as well. So there's a chance for Nebraska to build momentum and to have some positive
2: stuff going into late December. Bez, are they? What have they officially started preseason stuff, or is that is that a few weeks out yet?
1: It's it's still a couple weeks out yet. You can start, I believe, it's 40. I want to say it's 41 days before your first game. So they're getting close. I mean. It's not their first exhibitions, October 27th, I believe it is. Um, So they're they're getting close. I think the day is like September 17th or something like that is the first day they can officially practice. They're doing individual stuff now, you know, and coming in shooting and whatnot. So getting close, still a little ways off, but everybody's on campus. T.C. Tobinaga was the last guy to arrive a couple of weeks ago, right before classes started. So everybody's here. Looks like everybody's healthy for the most part. Lat my end, there's maybe some concerns with his back. There's been some video out of him dunking over guys in practice and, and doing some things. So, yeah, I think they feel pretty good about where they're at right now, not just about staying healthy and getting ready for the, for the next several months to come. Anybody? Hey, did you look at anybody else's
0: schedule?
1: Iowa's got a doozy.
0: Yeah?
1: Um, they're they're replacing, of course, um, um, Luca Garza and Joe Wieskamp. And they're they're beginning of the schedules brutally hard. Ohio State's got a tough. I mean, again, you can pick out anybody and say, you know what? Here's a tough stretch. Here's a tough stretch. Here's a tough stretch. It's just the way the Big Ten is. So who are the best teams yeah. in the Big Ten? Purdue's gonna be really good. Um, we know that. Had a great freshman class last year, added a great recruiting class this year. Michigan had the best recruiting class in the league last year, or for this year, won the conference last year. Michigan State's gonna be really good. Illinois loses Iowa to some new, but brings back Kofi Coburn, Andre Corbello, some other guys, add some add some talent there. You know, it's it's kind of the usual suspects. I think Iowa's gonna fall off a little bit. Um, Maryland's gonna be really good. They'll have a whole new backcourt, a couple transfers coming in that are really gonna help them. Um, it's it's gonna be by and large, kind of the same cast of characters. Rutgers brings a lot of guys back too, and, and is gonna have a sound you, you could sit there. It's kind of like last year. You can go down the list and find reasons for every team that are positive. But at the end of the day, we know Purdue is going to be really good. We know Michigan State's going to be really good. We know Michigan's going to be really good. Those are probably – and Ohio State, too. I need to throw them in there. That's probably a preseason top 15 team in the country as well. So, you're probably looking at four preseason top 10, top 15 teams in the country out the league. Sounds pretty good. Sounds pretty good. Yeah, October. I'm gonna have to look – Go ahead. Go ahead. October, October. Let me look up the date here. This is good podcasting. Yeah. Look it up. October 27th, Peru State is the first exhibition. Halloween is the Colorado exhibition, the charity exhibition. Then the season starts November 9th, Western Illinois. Uh, Those those two big 10 games are uh, December 4th. They open at Indiana. December seventh, their home against Michigan. So you go December first, NC State. December fourth, Indiana. December seventh, Michigan. December eleventh, Auburn. Um, and Auburn's going to be top ten in the country uh, when they when that game happens. So, going to be interesting for sure. Nebraska's got a got a got a wild schedule both in the conference and out of the conference.
2: Simple. Do you know the mascot for Western Illinois? Uh, I want to say moccasins. Um, so it's not a bad guess, but it's the Leathernecks, the Leathernecks. Oh, Leathernecks, yeah. Leathernecks, the Leathernecks. I should have known that.
0: If, if Yeah, if I really dug in on it, I would have gotten it. Um, okay. <laughs> I just wonder, do you think we made clear – I don't know. There's a, there's a part of this football season maybe it's like this all the time, but this Buffalo game, I guess, just feels
1: incredibly big to me. Like, if they lose it, then what? Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's just, that's what we talked about. Like every game's big, right? It's a referendum season. Like every game. It was a little too heavy for me. It does. It does. Um, it a little yeah, Buffalo heavy. should not be a Buffalo should not be a heavy game unless you're like Miami of Ohio or, or something like that. But um, yeah. Do you think, if it
2: feels heavy for you, Simple, how do you think it feels on the head coach? <laughs> I know. I don't even know what to say sometimes.
0: This place is so bizarre. Um, but that's where we're at. This, that's where we're at. This game is gigantic. I don't I don't know how else to say it.
2: There's shouldn't be a they should fly that like, on the one of those planes that flies above the stadium with the banner behind it, like before kickoff on Saturday. That would be a good one. We could maybe the journal star would, you know, that could be the marketing. This game is gigantic. Nebraska versus I, Buffalo. This game is gigantic. The, or maybe the it would plane be plane crashes.
0: Or maybe it would be. <laughs> lincoln journal star
1: i don't even know what to say anymore (laughs) (laughs) i'll probably be accurate well it's it might be interesting right like it's it's 9-11 like there's certainly going to be like some some ancillary stuff around the game that happens you know the ultimate uniforms so the atmosphere in the stands might be a little a little different too like it's just going to be charged up It could be really charged up. It could be really charged up. You're right. The the whole team could use that. They could use that. lift. Yeah. Yeah. What do you guys think of the crowd against Fordham? Just from an atmosphere standpoint. Good. I thought it was was fun. Yeah. Yeah. I I thought it was excellent,
0: actually. Um, It wasn't, you know, you just wondered if it would be so obviously kind of barren, but it wasn't. I thought it was excellent. And I think this week, I do think it'll be kind of charged up this week. Two thirty kickoff opposed to eleven. Kind of a representable,
2: representative foe. I think people understand this is pretty big. The fine, the fine folks that come to Lincoln and do some tailgating on Saturday need to make sure they hydrate because the high temperature on Saturday afternoon. Look, right now the weather service says ninety-seven. Parker, is that right? Yeah. yeah, it's gonna be like 97? mid to upper nineties on Saturday afternoon. You gonna wear short pants, guys. Are you guys gonna wear short pants? No, because it's like
1: 64 yeah. degrees in the press box, and we sit right underneath the bed. Like 39. It's like the, yeah. you,
2: simple. You know this. You were you it was a summer day
1: on Saturday last week, and you
2: were wearing a coat. Right. Yeah, I'll have
1: I'll have layers on in the press box that so I will then shed to go down in the I might wear tearaway <laughs> pants. How about that? Speak, it'll be like a bath, like I'll get we'll get up to go down to the field, i just rip my rip my tearaway pants off like that. What You're it right
2: happened. it is pretty cold up. There. I thought about you you looked you looked I was mildly concerned about you. I thought perhaps I should bring a blanket next time just to make sure <laughs> one of those reflective Afghan. blankets Yeah. Yeah, just to make sure that you didn't uh, become hypothermic. Bring a shawl. Yeah. Sipples just wrapped up in a blanket sitting in his chair. <laughs>
1: It's oh, like he drove his layers. car
2: into the ditch in a blizzard, like in Cass <laughs> County somewhere. He's just like, <laughs> yeah, he's just trying to survive. He's just trying to survive until help comes. Okay, well, that's, it, that's a,
0: that might be the best information I've gotten all day. It's gotta be 97
2: on Saturday. 230 kick, go. so you get you know right in the heat of the day too.
1: Yeah, uh, it's gonna be mega hot. Hopefully they have a thermometer down in the field like they did in Illinois. So I can take a picture of it and post it on social media. Oh, what did it, was it hot? I do not think it felt that hot. Either. It was about 100 degrees on the field at Illinois when we were down Oh, there. hello. That's pretty hot. Yeah. It for, was an, an, an hour that was an hour before the game at noon. So, God. Maybe I'm just being insensitive to the plight of the play. Well, you're a little tougher than the average bear, too. Like, you're a little more resistant to those things. I'm a heat player, for sure.
2: You are. You're a heat player. You're not. There's no risk of you cramping up. You're crazy. Nope. Easy,
0: Parker. See, here we go with the age stuff now, right?
2: Right. We
0: always got to turn this into an age discussion.
2: I didn't mean it as an age conversation. We could go there if you'd like, though.
1: All right. Let's wrap this thing up. I think we we'll talked about it. All
2: right,
1: guys. Thanks for tuning in. We'll uh, talk to you next week. We'll see what Nebraska is looking like heading to Oklahoma. Thanks for watching.
2: Welcome to the Life in the Red
0: podcast, presented by the Lincoln Journal Star, your source for Husker news, analysis, and more. From football in the fall to recruiting in the summer, we've got you covered. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Bassnett, Parker Gabriel, and Stephen M. Sippel.